Welcome back to the Morning Radio. I'm Michael. I'm Eric. And this is week two of our fear uh, episodes. Yeah, week two, but we haven't even left. No, we haven't. If we recorded them. We recorded them back to back. We're wearing the same stuff. Yeah, it was just easier to do. You know, we were having such a good conversation. Just yep. you know, film them back to back. So and and so I'd say happy birthday to you, or ask you how your birthday was, but you haven't celebrated it yet. No, I haven't left the house no. or the church. So no, so you're still here. Yeah. Okay. No birthday for you yet. <laughs> but hey, so last week, uh, just to kind of recap for those who didn't get to watch last week's episode, we kind of we talked through some top ten lists, and we found out that. Uh, <laughs> There was a big change between 2016 and 2019 as far as uh, the politicization of the top 10 fears of Americans. Um, Chapman University gave us the, that info. Um, but, you know, what was consistent? Number at t- one. At the top of the list for five years running now. Five years, number one. Over 77% consistent, actually. Uh, of course, that's not true because 2016, they didn't give us the numbers. So we don't know how, uh, how, don't, don't know how it was. But uh, the corruption of government officials. People do not trust the government. Do you believe that? Politicians. Not at all. Which, you know, I would say that's a, a healthy fear to have. <laughs> Very healthy. I, I think the founders of the, uh, the, the United States of America shared that fear. Hence why they founded our country the way they did. And maybe, you know, maybe this week we have somebody watching because they heard that some of the things got a little maybe a little political twist on it from last week. Um, so let me just say just real clear, real up front that if you're watching today and you're like going to be trying to be judgmental about two pastors that are trying to like talk political stuff, that is not this podcast. So you might want to go somewhere else, but we, we are not political dudes. And um, we certainly, I think, I think I speak for both of us when I say our intention is never to divide the church. Our, our intention is to, unite people and to yep. forget the political divides between us because ultimately they don't really matter in the long run so anyway <laughs> so. just saying that this is not maybe what you're looking for uh other than today we are talking uh pretty specific <laughs> about the fears of the church because that's what we talked about fear being coming from lies and we talked about right. the father of lies being the enemy and that strikes up fear and so are you, doom and gloom. So. are you trying to tell them that we're not a cl- clickbait show that we're not just trying to get them to click on us just because well, we're controversial. We should try that sometime. Well, we did. We did. We not did? intentionally, but you know, like our alien episode, <laughs> our true, ghosts episode. I mean, that's if you true. hey, if you're that's interested true. in some random topics, this is this is the place. This for is because we random. go from uh, ghosts to aliens to sports to uh, fear. I mean, it really we cross it, all kinds of different boundaries with our show. And our whole idea is is to have the morning burrito, have you get something to eat, grab a cup of coffee, and uh, we want to just talk to you as as pastors um, in a church. Maybe you're in a church, maybe you're not. We want to encourage you to get into a church. It uh, doesn't need to be our church, but um, but there is life that is fun to talk about. Yeah. Um, but there's also heavy topics like this. Yeah. Um, uh, relevant topic of fear because yeah. there's so much fear right now that divides us as a as a country, um, but also. Uh, creeps into the church, which means if it's in the church, it's in our personal lives. Right. Boy, I should say it the way around. If it's in our personal lives, it's in the church. Um, either way, it's there. So we want to talk about that a little bit. So Yeah, so I'll, I'll start where I started last week. Um, I, I told you we would get back to this. But, you know, for me, my my greatest fear that I've always had, the, the one that I've always struggled with is this idea. Oh, oh, I know. I know. What is it? Spiders. Well, yes, but no. Clowns? That, no. I'm lost. Go ahead. 
rattlesnakes. Oh, I forgot that. I okay. hate rattlesnakes. Right. Now, uh, I, I've always been afraid of not living up to my own expectations. And I think, you know, if you're watching this today, you may live there. You may live in that space where you feel like there's a certain benchmark you're supposed to hit in your job or right. with your family, you know, being a husband or a wife, um, spouse, whatever. There's always these like internal benchmarks that you think you're supposed to hit. There are things you're supposed to do. And then when you don't meet those benchmarks uh, that you have for yourself, you, you beat yourself up about it. And uh, I definitely have a hard time. I, I'm, I am afraid of not living up to the standard that I think I'm supposed to. Uh, yep. I can relate to that big time. But you know where my mind went during when you were saying that? No. You, you, were, you were saying uh, for your husband or your wife or your spouse. That just struck me as funny because either you're a husband or a wife. Well, I know, but I like. Okay. I was trying to encapsulate. That's a different podcast. I came back and I was trying to encapsulate <laughs> both of them. I should have said spouse from the very beginning because it would just made it easier. I wouldn't have had to say husband or wife. I could have just said spouse from the yeah. beginning. I would have made it easier. But need, need my other coffee. Well, I don't drink coffee. That's the problem. According to you. Yeah. No, so what's 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 your what's your biggest fear? What so, what have you struggled? So with? I didn't really get into it last week. What you know, maybe some of my biggest my biggest fears are, but my probably my biggest fear is 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 letting my family down, hmm. um, just as a man, as a dad. Um, but uh, but that's that's probably it. Um, and I mean letting them down, like um, you know, misleading them or not teaching them good enough uh, in how they should live life. But just letting them down and just everyday um, spending time with them. Mm. Um, showing interest in their hobbies um, and uh, letting them down by not correcting the wrongs, you know, or the wrong thinkings, just kind of just, eh, you know, I want to be their friend. Um, but, but I, so I don't want to let them down in that, but I also want to let them down in um, just my, I guess, identity as a, as a Christian dad yeah. or a Christian husband, um, not letting them down that way. So do you, do you think that we as pastors have a fear or past, maybe not you and I, maybe, I don't know, have a fear of being honest and vulnerable with our people, letting our people in? Well, that's loaded. I know. So, yeah, I, I think we do have a, a, a fear of that. Um, Again, not saying that you and I struggle with this, but I, I know pastor friends sure. who have struggled with it. Do you think that's a more common thing? Oh, it's very common. Um, pastoring is very lonely. Um, it's hard to it's hard to have best friends because you have to be their pastor before their friend, and you can't get to be a best friend until you've been a friend, and you can't do that if sometimes you have to make the hard call as a pastor because people don't let you do that. Do you think the reverse is true, that people have a hard time being, they're, they're afraid of being themselves with pastors in our churches yep why do you think that is well i think uh the judgment the um uh, i feel like hell's gonna break loose in their life because pastor knows the deep dark secrets of what's going on behind closed doors or what's in the refrigerator or that little uh four-letter word that i always end up saying and i mean or that i slept with my you know co-worker i mean conversations change folks when people realize you're a pastor or if pastors come to the house for dinner, hey, let's make sure the booze is put away. <laughs> or the videos. Or the videos. I've had, I've had <laughs> literally, okay, so I've, I've gone right to a there. house for dinner one time, and uh, I hadn't been to the house before, but I was looking. I, I, I don't even think this, this family knows that I noticed this, but I did. It's not here. But 
<laughs> looked at their, you know, bookshelf uh, where they had videos and stuff. And I kind of knew the family well enough to know, like, who they were. And I looked at the shelf and I'm like, there's only Disney movies up here. There's no way they only have Disney movies. Because they knew references to movies. And none of those movies were up on the shelf. And so I'm thinking, hmm, I wonder if they took Because there was a big, like, empty space. Like, one of the shelves was almost completely empty. And I'm like... I bet you they took all their movies and hidden from me. We're, we are smart people. We catch on. To <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, we catch on to it. If you come to my house, my house has DVDs floor to ceiling. I we love movies. That's funny. It was it was just an interesting. So so last week we talked a lot about different irrational fears that we have. You know, like in that top one of those top ten lists, it was like pollution of drinking water, which in, yep. For Americans, I don't even know how that could possibly be in a, uh, even a real fear. 64.6% of Americans fear the pollution of their drinking water. Which is completely irrational when we yep. have the cleanest drinking water of any country in the world. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about specifically the church, what are some examples of some irrational fears that the church or Christians have? From your angle as a lead pastor... A pastor who's served for how many years now have you been pastoring? Yeah, like 30 million. 30 million. 30. You look really good. 30, I think. I know. I, I, you look well, good well, for I, your age, man. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah, thanks. Well done. So, aging so, with grace. <laughs> lots of grace, let me tell you. Um, so, what was the question? So, what are some, as from your perspective as a guy who's been in ministry for 30 plus years now, what are some irrational fears that Christians have that, you know, it's. Things that would be more central to the church, Christians. Not they may not necessarily apply to those outside of the church. Relating like now in this day that we live, or uh, just in, just across your ministry be, time, because I think they're different. So, so give some exa- old examples so, and then some some more recent ones. So, I think an old example would be um, drinking and smoking. Yeah, uh, would be really fears like you can't bring somebody who drinks and smokes into the church well well now you're now you're uh, hitting close to home with the old nazarene crowd well yeah i mean that's the only crowd <laughs> i know because that's where i was born and raised so going to the movie theater um you know we couldn't swim together because somebody's gonna get pregnant um those days or you can't go to the movie theater because somebody's gonna lose articles of clothing for somehow i'm not sure no dancing no dancing because and no going with girls whatever. that do that's right um so, but I really think some of the fears of the, of the old were were fears of um, um, evangelistic fears of our 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 lost friends, you know, mm-hmm. um, which that's not really a fear today. Um, we don't really talk about pray for the unsaved, you know. Don't I mean we need to pray for salvation. We challenge it as pastors, but I don't really hear our people talk that. So, yeah. So that's not really a fear. I don't think anymore. Um, for whatever reason, unfortunately, right. Hell was a fear. Uh, I think back in the day, I remember growing up, uh, I'm not sure hell is really a fearful thing anymore. Um, you know, and it, it's funny you bring that up because, um, my experience has been just to give an example, one of the towns that I would frequent when I grew up in Chicago, uh, the suburbs of Chicago, a town called Naperville and every Friday night and Saturday night, I think too, there was this group of pastors, and I don't know what denomination they hailed from. Uh, they may have been non-denominational for all I know. But these two guys, 
every weekend we're down in the corner and this is one of those places where it's a really neat little downtown area it's got a lot of bars and a barnes and noble that's right on the corner that's two stories you can go and read books and drink coffee and do all Spend those things. the whole day oh yeah but at night these guys would be standing on the corner handing out tracks and screaming hellfire and brimstone telling people that they're going to go to hell and this that and the other and you can tell that what you just said is true by the reactions of the people mm-hmm they would get those tracks, and this is, you know, 15, 20 years ago now. They'd get those tracks, and they'd just throw them on the ground or throw them in a garbage can uh, if they were respectful. And uh, they didn't even think twice about a fear of hell. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the the just as an aside, the reverse of that is, unfort- is the more unfortunate part is that those people who received those tracks from those guys, most of them, will never ever listen to a reasonable believer try and share the realities of heaven and hell with them because those two guys ruined it. Yeah, maybe so. Because there's a now there's going to be a fear that all Christians are like those two bozos. Right. So yeah. no, I've heard that that argument too. Um so yeah, so I think that's the sum. Uh I, I think uh, there was a fear, uh even, you know, probably 30 years ago or even 20 years ago that if I make my kids go to church, um, I'm going to lose them to the church. Oh yeah. You know, as a youth pastor, you hear that all the time. You do. I'm not sure. But was that a fear of today still? I don't, I don't know if it really is. I I actually Um, think it's more of a fear today. More of a fear? Yeah. I mean, being in student ministry these last 10 years, um, you know, we have we've had families in our ministry that they they have one kid that'll come, but the other one is eh, not really interested in it. And my mom and dad have both told me, like, we're not going to force him or her to go, because if we do, they'll they'll never want to return to the church. I'm like, yeah, but if you don't sow the seed now, then you may lose them anyway. So I'm not saying you have to take them kicking and screaming, but. Like my parents, that was a requirement to live in their house is that we went to church. Like, I went. I was made to go kick it and screaming. We had no choice. And, you know, I guess for me it was never an issue because I wanted to be at church. But, you know, I'm not like everybody else, I suppose. <laughs> You're special. <laughs> so, so some of the fears, though, like today, you know, these lists that we read, um, you know, the list, you know, kind of is one side or the other, maybe, you know, there might be some personal things in, in these lists that we read, um, from the university, but what's not in the list, um, this is where I think fear is maybe changed uh, a little bit, but, um, the rapture, um, used to be a thing of fear. I still think it is. Um, that's because they're not coming out with left behind movies anymore. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) That's probably true. But, but where's the, there's a real fear of our religious freedoms. You know, oh, being, there's definitely fear being, there in the church being taken from us, but it doesn't make any any secular list. So so I think I have a list that that maybe is in my head on what are the fears of the church or the fears of the Christian. Um, I think the fears of the Christians are my loved ones aren't going to make it to heaven. Yep. I think that's a real fear. My loved ones don't have an opportunity to get to the church because churches are closing um, and my loved ones won't ever get in the kingdom of heaven because of all of the right or left people's point of views and social platforms and critical theorists 
ways of views and false teaching that's out there. Um, I think those are very real fears. Um, so how do you combat all those? Well, we're not going to do that on this podcast. But we couldn't even if we, we wanted could, to. Couldn't even begin to dream about that. Um, but I think those are real fears. Um, yeah. You know, I think another fear is communism. You know, <laughs> I mean, 30 years ago, that wasn't that wasn't a fear. I mean, growing up, I wasn't afraid of that. Well, you know, so I, I think that's more of an age thing. So our younger folks, uh, we saw statistics that the fear of communism or socialism, uh, as it was broken out in this survey, uh, was very age specific. Right. Um, 10, uh, 17, to 17 to 29, I think, mm-hmm. was the first bracket of age that they studied. Um, and that first bracket, like when it came to socialism, communism, there was zero fear. But the ones who were in their 50s and up, there was a significant fear Huge. of socialism and communism. And part of that's because the younger generation hasn't lived through true socialism or communism. They didn't live through the Cold War. They didn't live through uh, the much of the Castro you know, thing down in Cuba and, and whatnot. So, um, you know, there's a lot of not understanding history. Uh, again, that's not a political statement. That's just a statement of fact that people mm-hmm. don't understand. And so the age difference is, is clear. Um, but I think in the church, you know, when it comes to socialism I, or communism, for instance, I think there's a lot of misinformation about Jesus. We talked about this. We did a, a thing about who Jesus is, uh, a podcast. Jesus Newsflash was not a communist, nor was he a socialist, nor was he a Republican, nor was he a liberal. Jesus was Jesus. Right. <laughs> he was not a political figure in the way that we think of political figures in America. He would not have been on either side of the aisle. I'm, I'm, I just need that to be clear. That is not who Jesus was. Jesus was a, a subversive character. He was not an outright political figure, and he didn't want to be. And so when we play the, the enemy, you know, going back to where we were yes, last week and where we're at again today, the enemy uses that kind of fear to divide people in the church that are conservative and people in the church that are more on the liberal side. Right. So It's so, ridiculous. So is, keeping on, on that... Um, civil unrest is is a real fear um for sure. whatever uh, probably more you know for some than others but in the church in the christian life and i i can't figure out why the civil unrest is a is a big is a big fear factor other than we like our stuff we like our health we like our physical security we like our emotional security we like our financial security and when there's civil unrest that just takes it all up and throws it in the air of course we're going to feel uncomfortable with it but when does uncomfort turn into fear? So are you saying fear of like a riot happening in your town? Or are you talking and looting or are you talking about a fear that something is going to cause civil unrest? No, the civil unrest that's already happening. Oh, okay. that's already been, been birthed, whether it's, you know, you know, local rioting in the street or, you know, well, I mean, across the nation. I think it obviously that's going to be much more localized depending on where you live. Um you know, people who live in Portland might have much more concern about that or Seattle, for instance, than out here in eastern Oregon, just yeah, because know. we don't we don't see that nearly as much out here. But from somebody who likes to travel a lot, there is that fear of sure. traveling. It's like, well, man, do we go there? Right. Well, or right. We go there. But see, that's a different that's I think it's more of a when again, we're trying to pat 
push this more towards church and you know the fears of the of church people i think what is fearful and again this is a founded fear this is something that people should be at least aware of um there is a division within our country that is unlike any other division we've ever seen and i mean frankly in my ministry career now granted it's not super long it's only about a third of yours but i've not seen the division in the church from a political standpoint where people are outwardly one side or the other uh take your pick of an issue they're on one side or the other i mean it doesn't have to even be what we would call a political issue people are just run to their polls and immediately polarize each other um and that's because of fear we have a fear here's a big fear in the church fear of being wrong Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or the fear of offending or being offended Mm -hmm. i just won't talk to people because i don't want them to offend me Mm -hmm. or or you know we get into this i mean let's just bring it into covid era okay um fear in the church when when we look at this list um you know we have a fear of finances in the church what 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 is the church doing how are we going to survive um when in reality um the church should be thriving better now than we ever have Mm -hmm. financially because if you're really a believing and worshiping the lord with you know your first fruits the way scripture says um all of these uh stimulus packages right um, all these checks and relief, you know, that we've gotten from the government. I mean, that's that's extra tithe money. But are we considering those as first fruits? Mm. Um, I don't think we are. I think uh, I think we're considering those of, hey, it's free gift. It's a free money. And really, I mean, it still belongs to the Lord. It's still part of your income. You know, so, I mean, there should be that. Right. Um, and so I don't know. That wasn't a guilt trip on anybody, but just throwing it out there as man. There's a fear of our finance. We hang on to every penny we can get. There's people, there's people that haven't spent a dime of any relief that they've gotten from the government. Um, I'm not one of them. You're not one of them, no. Um, <laughs> because this fear of, you know what, either either it's a real <laughs> thank you very much, or it's like you know what, we're gonna need that. We're gonna hang on to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Which um, both are really not good they're, attitudes. They're they're not, but they're not really all bad either. No. Uh, if in there, but the other thing is, yeah, I did get to pay off some bills, so that was good. Yeah, there you go, you get out of debt there a little <laughs> bit. Um, but this polarization between church people when it comes to the simple thing of a mask. Yeah, uh, you know, we talked mask a little bit last week. Um, here's the question that comes up in in my world right now. Um, the question is, mask or no mask? It's both um, of our worlds. This is, this yeah, is every week now because. So I'm just going to take this and run with it, okay? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Because there's those that have been vaccinated, and you have faith in the vaccine, that's why you got it. Right. Right? Sure. And then there's those that are not going to be vaccinated, and yet we still all have to wear a mask. Um, and there's a division there, because federal government, CDC says, you don't have to wear the mask, but yet it's strongly recommended. Right. Right. But culture locally says you've got to wear the mask pretty much everywhere you go. So the ten, well, the, not everywhere. Well, mostly. So you've got this, you know, this polarization that's happening, this division, right. this faction that's being created because, hey, I got the vaccine, so I don't have to do this. And well, you know what? We're not going to get the vaccine, so we're going to wear a mask. And 
And then it's like, well, I get offended because, you know, you're not wearing a mask. And, well, I'm offended because you are wearing a mask and making me wear a mask. And then, you know, where does that go in the church? So my question has been lately to people in our church is what where do we go with this? Because no matter what side you're on, mask or not, do they help? Don't they help? That's not even what this is about. Um, This is about judgmental. Right. And this is about um, your opinion that really doesn't matter. Um, So, well, and that's the that's where it really comes down to it is, again, there's a, a fear. An irrational fear of. Uh, you know, like, so for instance, we've seen video after video after video of two-year-olds being and their families being kicked off of airplanes because a two-year-old wasn't wearing their mask or three-year-old or whatever, right? It's sort of an irrational fear. It's an irrational fear to be worried about a little baby not wearing their mask and infecting an entire airplane. Number one, because no airplanes have ever been infected. There's not been any major outbreaks on any airlines. Okay. Okay. When we come to the church, though, if you, from the one side, if you do not wear a mask, the immediate judgment is that you don't care about people. And if you're wearing your mask and you're fully vaccinated, the other side will look at you like, well, you're irrational and scared and afraid and this, that, and the other well, at that time, most of the people that I've talked to that are on that side, they'll just say something to the effect of, well, I care about people and I'm, it doesn't bother me to wear a mask, so I'm just going to wear it until we don't have to anymore. But here's the thing. If we allow that to divide us, <laughs> stupid masks, if this, is, if this is what divides the church, how far have we, have we fallen as a church, as a people, that we're going to allow some masks to divide us even further. I mean, we already have political divide. And some will say that it goes to our rights, right? They're sure. taking our rights away. But that's part of the fear. That's part of the fear. I think that's really one of those things that impact the church right now is that fear of my rights are being taken away, my rights are being infringed on, my right of going and feeling safe and warm and fuzzy and cuddly and stuff is not really happening. I feel... Um, You know, I mean, our church, any church almost has this we're respected, you're disrespected. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. we we have this lack of feeling respect toward one another. Um, And it all comes down not really even to the government anymore. It's when are we going to take a stand? And and the fear, I think, in the church is, is we need to take a stand, but nobody knows what the stand is. Right. Right. Um. We need to take a stand against government. That's that's like that's like not a fear. That is something that needs to happen. But the fear is, is what hill do we take the stand against the government on? Mm-hmm. Um, mask, mask are not the fe- not the place where this pastor is going to jump on the fear bandwagon and go. Yeah, we're going to die on this hill. Um, so, I just speak for our own for our own leadership team in churches. That's not the hill we're going to die on. Um, I do believe there's going to be a, a, a time when the church cannot be so fearful to stand against government. But that time in my heart, when I pray about it, it I don't, I don't even, I don't even, I feel nothing to stand against the government and things right now. Um, and that's not to say that we don't un- see I, again. I think this gets back to not understanding the other side, not hearing, not listening. Right. right. And there's people that are not going to listen to what I, what I'm just trying to say here. Right. But you know, if you're on the side of wearing masks, you have to understand 
that there's a, the other side has a rational and reasoned reason why they don't want to wear a mask. You know, especially if you're talking to a vac- fully vaccinated person. They sat there for a year and a half waiting, right? Mm-hmm. Or almost a year and a half waiting for a vaccine so that they could then go back to normal. Um, and if they choose not to, we have to understand human beings have agency. And so if they choose not to, don't judge right. them. Just leave them. Let them be. OK. Right. And, and, and if you're on the other side of the, the deal, if people want to wear masks, don't look at them side eyed or, you know, cross eyed. Just let them live their life. If they want to wear masks, that's their business. I mean, right. so so now we became political on the the mask versus, you know, vaccine. But we haven't um, taken a side one way or the other. Um, other than it's not the hill to die on. Well, I mean, um, yeah, it's, it's not a hill to die on. It's not worth. But he, here's the fear, even as, as pastors, is if we we're being told you have to take a side. Sure. You, you've got to make a stand. Sure. You've got to say something. And I want to come back and go, I'm not afraid of this. I'm not afraid of 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 the stand. Yeah, sure. There's. I did not say I'm not afraid of COVID. I mean, I'm not, but I. We have a healthy fear, it, it, an it's understanding. It's a fear and right. understanding of it. But, but you have to understand that fear comes from the lie that comes from the enemy of lies the father of the of lies and it creates this fear that clouds your judgment and creates the anxiety and in division amongst us as a as a as a church body and you know i i can't say enough about our church our church through all of covid i mean brother we have we have flipped on a dime uh so many times this last year. We, we talked about that today, um, or well, last week in our staff meeting. Yeah, we have changed so much. We have been so agile in how we've approached COVID. I am I couldn't be prouder yep. than I am of our staff, of our board, our leadership teams, our reengagement team, um, of our church body. Uh, you, um, <laughs> it's been it's been awesome. It's been a it's been a. I mean, I can't say it's been a fun journey, but it's been fun to watch the church maneuver itself in the time of of crisis and how we respond to crisis tells us how our heart is and and i want us to keep our hearts focused just like hebrews 12 2, you know talks about how jesus says hey keep your eyes focused on me because i am the perfecter of your faith um i am the first the last of everything in between um we've got to keep our eyes focused on jesus and uh and, and that's going to relieve a lot of the fear. Does it take care of the circumstance? Not at all. Well, are we still going to have a mask versus vaccine issue uh, in the church? Yeah, we're going to have that. Probably for the foreseeable future. But, you know, um, what we need to do is be ready for what's the next adventure. Um, somebody yesterday came up out of service, and, and I'm trying to remember what they said. Uh, they said something about, and if you're watching this, you can type it in there because uh, I think you're one that maybe watches, um, said that... Um, being surprised, um, something about how you're how you're how you're surprised, but you're not surprised because you're ready for it. I mean, mm-hmm. you've anticipated it. Yeah, I don't know. They said it much. They said it a cool way. I just bumbled all over that. But um, so type it in there if you're watching. Type that in there. Whatever you said there, surprised, not surprised because you handled it. You know, kind of thing. But but you know, we need to be ready for more lockdowns. We need to be ready for the next, you know, illness uh, outbreaks if they happen. I mean, the way things go, things happen. Um, doesn't mean we're running in fear. It means we're running in front of it and we're trying to, you know, be proactive and, and ready so we can be smooth and not waste time in fear. Right. But spend our time shepherding. 
spend our time evangelizing, spread our time with helping with the fears and anxieties of life, not being lost in the fear. I think there's a big difference um, in that. Either you're lost in the fear or you're helping in the middle of fear. Um, I don't think you can do both. Well, and, and make sure you hear what we're saying too. When it comes to fear, and particularly because we've talked a lot about in the last two weeks, COVID-19, and our intention is not to tell you how you're supposed to believe about COVID-19. But I would say that no matter where you are at when it comes to masks, vaccines, whatever, make sure you're informed. (laughs) Because part of the reason why we get afraid is that we don't understand things. And there is enough data out there to help you be knowledgeable about COVID-19. Um, It is one thing, unlike some others, that we can actually have the information that we need to have a rational and reasonable understanding of this this disease. And I would encourage you, make sure you're doing your, your, your research. Go to the CDC. Go to the National Institute of Health and these other places that are doing the research. Um, you know, Johns Hopkins University is doing a lot. Stanford's doing a lot of research. Well, on and the COVID. Anxiety of Depression Association of America um, yeah. is doing a lot. Um, it will help you to understand. And maybe you'll find, hmm, I really do kind of have an irrational fear of COVID-19. Or maybe you'll find... I'm not taking this seriously enough, and that might help you. Be willing to change your mind because you are not controlled by fear if you're willing to change your mind. If you're open-minded and you're listening and you're, you're receiving information, it'll make you have a much easier time uh, wherever you find yourself. And if you find yourself in a place, maybe you're one of our people, uh, maybe you go to another church, but you've been kind of in lockdown for a long, 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 long time. Maybe you're somebody who's fully vaccinated and you're still in lockdown. You need to consider when is the time that it comes to an end. You need mm-hmm. to consider those things um, because you, you can't stay afraid forever. You just can't. You can't let it grip you forever. So let's wrap this up. Yep. So um, here's some scripture for you. Psalm 34, 4. Um, I sought the Lord and he answered me from all my fears. Um, I love that verse. Um, but there's some work there in that verse. If you want him to uh, answer you and free you from your fears, you got to do something. Yep. You got to seek him. Um, and that's why David writes, he says, I sought the Lord. I did that. I chased Jesus. I sought the Lord. I chased after God. Um, I did my part. I looked at him. I looked for him. I, I went on a hunting trip. I went hiking for him and I found him. He, uh, he freed me from my fears. Um, the second one is Matthew six thirty four. You, you, you know this. It's a, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worries of its own. It's got enough issues, got enough problems. Focus on your day-to-day. Um, and, and just know that God's bigger than anything that you're facing. And I know I use that phrase a lot, but I truly believe that. Um, I truly believe that no matter how my fear looks in my life, God is bigger than my fear. Yep. And I know he's bigger than my fear because I know he is the author of peace. And he says, it's my peace that I leave with you. Don't be afraid. Um, and, and I just I just love those. I love those passages. So so spend some time reading, reading in God's word, uh, start in the book of First John and and just be reminded about your faith and how you got to your faith in Christ and what he did for you on the cross. Spend some time reading that and and uh, and just basking in that, because what it does for me sometimes I have to be reminded in my moments of fear and anxiety that Jesus did something for me because he's got a calling for my life and the calling for my life isn't based in fear, 
but it's based on promise. And the promise is he'll never lead me where he can't take care of me. Mm-hmm. His will is never going to lead me where his grace cannot keep me. Yeah, so. absolutely. There you go. Well, you guys have a great week, and uh, we will be back next Tuesday with another uh, episode of our awesome show, because I think it's awesome. And uh, need, a, need to have a burrito, though. Do we know what our uh, topic for surprise, next week? Surprise, surprise, Okay, Who said Gomer that? Pyle. Yeah, you go. You got it. A little Andy Griffith for you today. There you go. All right, folks, you have a great week. We'll see you next week.